18 verses and 10 words. And we're dealing with <clears throat> the word salvation. If you will stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Um, we've got some interesting stuff to share with you today. Beginning with 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God hath not given us. Now I could stop right there and preach. Probably a four-part series <laughs> on just that phrase. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us, and then let us apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Father, we sanctify ourselves, yield ourselves, and surrender ourselves to the Spirit of God. Lord, as Jesus speaks today, may the Holy Spirit come and minister. Speak directly to us. May we release, receive that and release it to your people. May it change and impact our lives with knowledge of truth. And may the Spirit of the Lord lift us into a higher plane. And we'll give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Now... Yesterday, I was riding down the road, and something hit me that was quite interesting to me, and it was this, we can be impressed by anything. We can have things that make an impression upon us, but by the same token, something new come along, and it can make another impression upon us. And if the one impression has another impression over it, then the second impression is going to be greater than the first. Because it will be changed to look like whatever the new impression is. Or we can have things become an influence upon us and that influence so impact us that we're never, we, we will never be the same. That is the thing that the church, the blood of Christ, the word of God, your ability to walk and live in the spirit of God should do for you. It should not build impressions on your life. It should build influence that is so impactful because it is so insightful that you're forever transformed, made totally brand new. Well, we're looking at the impact and the influence of salvation. We've talked about salvation being a healing. We've talked about it being preservation. We've talked about it being deliverance. Today we're going to look into the next three phases, or as many of them as we can, which are safety, uh, which are soundness, and which are wholeness. But to start this off, I'm beginning with 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 for a purpose, for a reason. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, that is an interesting statement because God has not given you something. <coughs> it indicates that by the other side of the coin, God has given you something else. Now, what is the spirit of fear? <coughs> I doubt. If any of us will take the spirit of fear out of what we know about fear in the intellect. When I was a young man, one of my buddies uh, had a baby. The baby was into everything. 
wanted to touch everything. So there was a rose, and his, the little girl's uncle was walking around with it. Naturally, when the baby saw this rose, what did she do? She reached out and started to touch it. The uncle said, oh, hot, hot. Don't touch, don't touch, hot. And the little girl looked at him like it lost its last brain. And he kept doing that. He would reach out and start to touch it. Hot, hot, hurt, hurt. And finally, after being entertained by him for so long, the little girl walked away. And I know that in his mind, he thought that technique was very effective because it took the child away from the thing that he didn't want her to do. So what was he building in her? In her? A fear. He was building an intellectual fear about something that he didn't want the child to pull on or touch. So most of our intellectual concepts about fear come from the things that we would say are hurtful, troubling, would be physically harmful or mentally harmful. So we look at fear and we say, well, we're not going to walk close to that ledge because I fear that I might fall over. We're not going to drive 120 miles an hour because I fear that if I drove that fast and hit something, I would kill myself. We're not going to do whatever it is that, that we consider to be something that would damage us or hurt us out of the natural intellectual instinct that we have that is called fear. So when we read that scripture and we see the spirit of fear, the only thing we can equate that to is how we are impacted in our feelings and our emotions by things in the natural. I don't want to go to such and such a school to send my kids there because they had this, this, and this happen at that school and I am afraid that that might happen again. I don't want to go to the park where such and such happened because I am afraid that this will, and it's all intellectual. Now, this scripture is not dealing with the intellect. It's not dealing with that sort of fear. So when we see, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, he is not talking about how you are naturally, intellectually engaging with things of the flesh. The thing that he's talking about are things that are in direct opposition to the things that are of God. So, when we see the Bible say that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, we have to recognize that power has an extreme opposite in the spirit world. The power that we are referring to here is the power that Paul talked about that was so powerful that it wrought Jesus from the grave and resurrected him, resurrected him. And Paul said that same power he has given towards you. That power is the power that God has given you. And there is an extreme antithesis of that power. That power is a power of weakness. It is a power where the inner man is so weak that it is held captive by the evil work of the enemy. So God has not given you the power of weakness where you are strewn around and tossed around by the devil or demonic things. That is something we must understand. If we are struggling in our intellect and our natural self with a bent 
to turn to sin, then we know that sin is not anything that is in the power of God. So if we are going towards that, if we are bent towards that, we should readily see. That's not God. That's my natural self. That's my flesh. If we are bent towards saying and doing things that show up in areas of weakness, we should be able to readily say, well, that can't be good for me because God has not given me the power that is weak. So I should be able to walk and talk and overcome any weakness because he has influenced me and impacted me with a power that has come from Jesus Christ himself and infused it into my spirit so that I can live in the power production that comes from the heavenly realm. Otherwise, I am no more than what my enemy is. I'm weak. I'm tossed to and fro. I'm struggling with sin. I'm succumbing to the impression of the devil. He is impressing me to do things that are weak. God has not given you that spirit of weakness, my friends. God in the plan of salvation has given you a plan that has allowed you to live in safety, complete safety by the high priest activities. Now let's look at the next phrase of that before I go on in to what safety actually is. Now, then he said he hadn't given you the spirit of weakness. He hadn't given you the spirit of fear. He hasn't given you the spirit to succumb to sin. He hasn't told you that if you are weak, you just go ahead and sin and then ask forgiveness. That's not the spirit that God has given you. He's not said that if you are in a spirit of fear, succumbing to weakness, doing the things that weakness are, uh, uh, that weak people do, that that is what you should do because you are once in grace, always in grace, and you don't have to worry about it. Not told you that. He said God has not given you that spirit of weakness. God has not given you that spirit where the enemy triumphs over you. God has not given you the, the, the spirit where your healing at the cross was not made complete. God has not given you the spirit where you are weak in your inner man. God has not given you the spirit where you have not been delivered from the power of the devil. God has not made you weak. As a matter of fact, God has made you strong in the most powerful thing that he can possibly make you strong in. Now, we look at power and we say, what is power? Well, the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 1 that it was from that power that God wrought Jesus by force out of hell, delivered him in the plan of salvation for you and me. So it's, it's a great power. But there is a word coming up that is even greater than the power that God has given you. It is a power that is greater than the weakness of which your flesh wants to cry out for satisfaction. It's a power that is stronger than anything and anyone and any demonic force that has ever, ever come against you. Now the next word is love. Do you know that there are 904 words in our language used as an antonym or the opposite of the one word love. That's how powerful it is. The world can't describe it. The world can't understand it. They think it's a feeling. They think it's something that comes to them and makes their stomach do a flip-flop. It's a warm fuzzy, if you will. They think love is something that they can intellectually move into and out of whenever they choose. 
based on what their weakness is. Hear me now. Based on what their weakness is. So if I see a weakness for something I like better than what I got, I can fall in love all over again. I can take my weakness, the power of my weakness, and convince myself that now I'm in real love. I found a new soulmate. It's a 1975 Ford Mustang. Whoa, it's beautiful. I've got a new love, you see. We've transcended that into people. We've gone into people. And we've said, man, we can fall out of love with the one I'm married to because my body, my weakness is saying to me that she looks better and she would treat me better and she would not worry about which side I put the toilet paper on. She wouldn't worry about whether I took out the trash. She wouldn't care. All she would do is just love me for who I am. And boy, that would make me happy. So what do I do? I take love and transfer it now and capitalize on weakness. But God has not given us the spirit of weakness. God has given us the spirit of power because of one word. One word. He has given us the spirit of power because of love. He has shown us himself, his personality, his character, his uh, ability to deal with mankind through one word. It trumps every evil word. It trumps hatred. It trumps hopelessness. It trumps distrust. It trumps poverty. It trumps captivity. It trusts loss of freedom. It trumps lack of peace. There are 900 words that we use in the English language. It, it trumps those that think that you are, are detestable, despised, displeasurable. It trumps all of those 900 words that the evil man has to use to walk, now watch this, in his weakness. When you hear hatred being spewed, when you hear people saying things about people out of hatred and out of evilness, they are simply walking in their own weakness. They are saying that I don't have the power to live in love and to look at you out of love and to see you through the eyes of Christ. I don't have the power to be in the heavenly conversation concerning you. So all I can do is use my weakness to say I don't like you because you don't agree with me. I, you are deplorable and detestable to me because you don't follow my ideology. You don't go along with the narrative. So all I can do is say you don't fit. You're a hopeless case. See that? Where does that come from? Out of weakness. It comes from the power of weakness. But God has not given you in the plan of salvation the ability to live in your weakness, even though the church world wants to tell you, come as you are, he gets you, don't worry about your weakness. God is such a good God. If you just be you, he'll be him. And at the end of the day, everybody going on up to heaven. How stupid can we be? We want to live in our weakness. And we want to make God accept us in our weakness. But there is a word called love, my friend. And that word trumps all of the demonic influence. All of the demonic impressions. And it impacts you so that you can not only have the power to be delivered out of the clutches of evil but the love of God to live your life with eyes that are viewing your world in the love of Christ, by the blood of Christ. Now, what does love give us? Love brings to us a controlled mind. This is the most beautiful part of this scripture because he said he has, not, he has given you something that is not fear. He has given you something 
that is not a spirit of weakness. He has given you something that is not a spirit of hatred and evil, lack, poverty, hopelessness. But he has given you something that brings to you a sound mind, a controlled mind, a mind that is under rule. What did Paul say? Paul said, let the peace of God rule you. Let the Holy Spirit rule you. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. Let him bring your mind under subjection until you can live with a disciplined mind. What does a disciplined mind do for me, Pastor? A disciplined mind? does not let me live in my weakness and be satisfied. A disciplined mind does not allow me to serve, try to serve sin and try to serve God at the same time. A disciplined mind does not make me live under the detestable, deplorable, evil that is the antithesis of the love of God. A disciplined mind brings me into the knowledge of the love of God and that love of God transforms me into the image of His dear Son. That love of God transforming me then brings me into the discipline of mind that allows me to see God for who He is, enter the holy conversation, walk in the Spirit as He is in the Spirit, and not fulfill the lust of the weakness of the flesh. Now think about that. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Isn't that what salvation has done for us? It has given us a disciplined mind. It has allowed us to get out of our own weakness. It has allowed us to get over in the love of God. Not in the changeable love of God. Not in something that is intellectual, but something that is in the heart of God. The love of God. Now our mind becomes satisfied. We are satisfied that we can walk in power and that we can walk in love. We are satisfied that we can now, because we understand this, walk in safety. The benefit of what he has given me brings me into the knowledge of safety. Now, you've got to see this. Listen carefully. If we do not understand what I have just told you, then we can believe a lie and be damned. If you don't understand, if you did not prior, you can believe the doctrines of the world and say, oh, well, I'm flawed. I've been flawed. I was made flawed. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's me. I'll raise my hand right there. Yes, that's right. So if I believed in him, his grace is so great that he will forgive me of my sin no matter what. I once got saved, I'm saved no matter how I'm living. Well, then we need to take a look into 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Because 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us, God has not given you the spirit to continue to live in the old man after you have professed the new man. God has not given you the right to continue to live in your weakness after he has produced and provided for you the power that has transformed you and brought you and delivered you out of the clutches of hell, out of hopelessness, out of captivity, out of lost freedom, out of lost liberty, out of lost peace. He has not given you the right to go back to your weakness and still call on his name. He's not giving you that right, friend. For God has not given that anymore to you. You don't have that right to just walk over here a while and walk back over here a while. To go in and out of the house of God and in and out of the praise of God, in and out of the worship of God, just to live any old way that you choose. He is a holy God. And his children have become priests unto him. You don't have that right. And the doctrines of the world that tell you you do are lying to you. They're not telling you the word of truth because they're allowing you. They're allowing you to build foundations upon your weakness. 
and saying to you, it's okay to be weak. It's all right to be weak. It's not all right to be weak, my friends. God has given you a power. That power is the love of God. That power is a transcending, transforming love of God. That power is a change out of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. That power is a love that moves mountains. That power is a love that heals. That power is a love that preserves. That power is a love that delivers. And that power is a love that is safe, that makes you to come in under the shadow of His wings, that builds you a buckler around you, and allows you to stand in the face of all hell and torment, to know that God is God and you are safe in the sheltering wings of Almighty God. That's what the love of God does for you. Now once you know that, what happens to you? You get sound-minded about it. You stop looking for ways to sin. As a matter of fact, you are guarded and aware of anything that may come at you or come against you that would possibly possibly cause you to do anything to impact your anointing. The other day I was sitting in my classroom. I was on the phone with somebody and I had asked them to do something for me over two weeks ago. They promised me, oh yes, we've got everything we need. Two weeks went by, nothing was done. I made a call. They said, well, you know, we're sorry. We've lost all of that. We've just lost all of that, and, and, uh, and we're going to have to do it all over again. I said, you're kidding me. They said, no. I said, I don't have the stuff. Well, you'll just have to call back. I hung up the phone, and I said, dear God, is there anybody anymore that pays attention to their job, that does what they're supposed to do, that, that, that completes the work they've been asked to do. There was a man that had just come in. I saw him pop his head around the corner. I knew right then I was in trouble. So when he came back out, I said, you know, I apologize. I, I should be more patient with things. Everybody makes mistakes. I apologize. He said, oh, no, I understand. I said, no, sir, I don't want you to understand. I, I don't want you to commiserate with me. I want to tell you I apologize for throwing a tantrum because somebody didn't do what I asked them to do. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Because I don't want anybody to look at me and say I act in the natural. Did I act in the natural? Absolutely. Did I go back in and say, no, 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 no. I got to make this right. Because what means too much to me than for him to think I'm angry? The anointing. The anointing. So I said, no, brother, I'm sorry. I don't want you to walk out of here feeling that way. I don't want you to walk out of here thinking that way. Uh, I, I shouldn't have said what I said, even though there was really nothing that was so egregious. But it was egregious right here. It was egregious right now. We would say, many of us would say, oh, well, that's just the way I am. I just do it that way. If things don't go my way, well, you're going to hear something from me. Isn't that right? But we've got to understand that when we propagate weakness and we allow weakness to get into us and to come out of us, guess what's going to happen the next time? Weakness is going to get bigger. So we don't give place to the devil. We look inwardly for the power of strength. Now, where do we find that power? What do we do to find that power? We find it in the love of Christ. We find it in the personality and the character of Christ. Someone said, yeah, Pastor, but even he got mad. Yes, he did. He got mad in the house of God. He got mad for the way people were treating God. He didn't get mad at some $15 an hour telephone answerer who simply didn't have the answer I wanted to hear. No, he didn't do that. But I did. And I had to go back and make it right. Okay? Next time I called the next day, I heard the voice. I said, how are you doing today? I really appreciate you. I thank you for all you're doing. Blah, 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 because I wanted her to know that everything was okay. 
I can make a phone call. What did it hurt me to make a phone call? See there? You got to protect it. You got to protect the anointing. You got to walk in love. If you don't walk in love, you're walking in weakness. If you don't walk in the uh, power of the Spirit, you're walking in the weakness of the flesh. God never intended for you and me to walk in the weakness of the flesh. Why? Let's, let's just talk brass tacks, can we? Jesus Christ lives in you. Jesus Christ lives in you. The Holy Spirit is upon you. He is in you, on you, and upon you, and He expects that you not walk in the weaknesses of the flesh. Someone said, yeah, pastor, but I'm in the flesh. And every now and then, the flesh rises up. Yes, it does. I just told you that. But when the flesh rises up, somebody has got to check it. Somebody has got to say to the flesh, out of a disciplined mind, no, no, no. Who's going to do that? going to be you. Out of love. You're going to walk in a ruled, disciplined mind. Paul, uh, Paul told Timothy that you were to be sound, disciplined in your thinking. If you allow the world to drive your thinking, you will not only be undisciplined, but soon you will be out of control. Just look at the world today. Soon you will be totally out of control. You will, have, you will have everything in the world that is wrong in your eyesight. You will live offended. You will live upset. You will live hurt. You will be pierced to the core by the words people say if you allow yourself to go there. But if you live in the Word of God by the character of love and through a sound mind, Guess what? I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. See, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful answer? Isn't that a beautiful way to live life? The world doesn't get that. The world doesn't understand that. So Paul said that we should walk in a new spirit. We should live in a new spirit. We should think in a new spirit. That spirit is going to come by power that power is going to be in us, on us, and upon us. The driver of that power is going to be love, and the result of that power is going to be a disciplined mind. Now, how did this all occur? Because Jesus Christ went to heaven, sprinkled blood in the tabernacle upon the vessels of ministry for the purpose of making every one of you safe. You are safe in the power of his love that gives you a disciplined and a sound mind. That's good news, my friend. We are not, now listen carefully to what I'm about to say, because the world wants to tell you we are safe in his grace. I want to tell you we are benefited by his salvation. I want to tell you that the benefits of his salvation is his high priesthood. And the benefits of that priesthood makes you safe because now you can enter into the holy place and you can enact your worship in the holy place safe. How? Because of the power of God, the love of God, and a disciplined, ruled mind by the Holy Spirit. This thing belongs to you. Safety from the high priest perspective, Jesus Christ, our high priest, belongs to you. It is a benefit of salvation. It is the place where you can live safely under the praise and worship and ministry of the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. And from that blood and from that body, you can become a part every moment of every day of the heavenly conversation whereby you are not exceed, not only seated, but accepted, but whereby you have entered into the throne room of grace and there you will find grace and mercy because the high priest has made it a safe place for you to enter. You can't enter the safe place of God in weakness. We're trying to. 
The world is trying to enter into the safe place of God and live in weakness. But my friend, that becomes a glass ceiling to you. You cannot get to the safe place until you are uh, covered in the blood, brought by the power of God, living in love, and have your mind ruled safe and sound by the Spirit of God. That's why prayers aren't being answered. That's why the world's going to hell in a handbasket. That's why the world is tortured right now at every end. That's why the narratives are being evil in their methods and means. Because the world is trying to operate under their own God without understanding that what they're doing has an evil spirit attached to it. And then the church comes along and brings you into the house of God, sings a few nice songs, prays and preaches 15 or 20 minutes, and you go home and there's nothing in the spirit world that allows you to enter into the throne room of God. There's nothing in the spirit world that allows you to come to the place where your needs are met. Why? Because you are not living under the power and the love and the sound mind that is required. If you want to get there to where healing, preservation, deliverance, and safety becomes your benefit, then you must go there through the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. You must work there by the power of the Holy Spirit. You must live there by the love of God. Your mind must be ruled until you become a prophet and a peculiar people after a priest and a peculiar people after the priesthood of Jesus Christ. You must be called his brother. If not, then you're living a world that you can see, but you can't get there. You can know it's there, but you can't get there. And nobody seems to be able to tell you how to get there. Of course, and unless you listen to this message. Because there is a way to get there, friend. It will only come by you yielding yourself and surrendering yourself to the power of God. <clears throat> That's the spirit he's given you. It will only come by your living out of you, outside of, away from your own weaknesses. Otherwise, when you live in any other way, you've hindered your own prayer. Now you think about what I just said. The very thing that you think you need worse than you need anything else to survive, you've hindered your own prayer. How? Because you've lived in your own weakness. You've not laid down your weaknesses. You've not been healed of your weaknesses. If you'll be healed of your weaknesses, he'll preserve you and he'll deliver you and he will make you safe. You've lived in your own weakness. The flesh. You never got over into the love of God. You never got over by the power of God into the love of God. The love of God that passes all understanding. The love of God that brings peace. That brings joy. That exposes the spirit of truth. And along with that brings you the glory of God. The glory of Jesus Christ himself. Therefore you have lived in an undisciplined, unruled mind. Salvation gives you all of those benefits. Now, I would bet that in the world today, there's not 1% of the churches around the world that understands what I'm telling you today. That salvation for you is a benefit, not a blessing. Salvation for you brings the benefit of absolute safety in the blood and body of Jesus Christ. That eliminates is what God has given you. Now think I'm about to close. It is what has God has given you so that the things that the spirit of fear inflicted upon your life, weakness, it is the thing that God has given you through his insertion of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit into you personally. 
the thing that God has given you to not only be able to overcome your weakness, but to walk and live in the Spirit. Think about that. God has given you. He said, I have not given you the spirit of fear. I've not given you the spirit of weakness. But I've given you the spirit of power. That power brought Jesus out of the grave. And that power lives in you. I've given you the spirit of love. That love is the relationship to the character and personality. That love is the relationship to the deeds, insights, concepts, and ideas of God. I've given that to you. I'm now, because of those things, given you absolute discipline to understand my power and my love. But yet the church not understanding salvation and the benefits associated has to teach a watered-down, worthless message that says to people, Oh, God loves you. You live however you want to. It'll be He gets you. Oh, if you got saved when you were five years old before you even knew what the word saved was or how to pray, don't worry about it. They baptized you. Don't worry about it. But they live in your, weak live in your weakness. Live in all of the words that don't mean love and walk with an undisciplined mind all your life. What a sad state. But you don't have to go there. That's the good news today. You don't have to live there any longer. You, don't have to, you, you know better now. You know better. You know the truth. You know what salvation has done to benefit you to come out of weakness into complete power. Now what did Paul say in Ephesians chapter 1? Paul said that you are complete in Him. He is your all in all. So He has given you complete power, all in all. He has given you His complete love and everything that goes with it, all in all. And He has given you the ability to have a disciplined, sound mind. How'd you get there? You came by the plan of salvation. The benefit of salvation. You are safe in the shadow of His wings. You are safe to hear His voice. He became your shepherd. He became the voice that leads you and guides you into truth. He became what you could not be, but He made it in you. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the benefit of salvation. I pray that you will minister to your people today. God, that they will understand and recognize that there is a power from you that allows them to overcome their fleshly weakness. There is a love from you that allows them to overcome demonic impressions. There is a power from you that gives them the ability to think with a sound spiritual mind because they're being led by the Spirit of God and not their flesh. There is a power from you that gives them the ability to live under the disciplined authority of Jesus Christ because they would rather satisfy you than satisfy their own needs. And in so doing, Father, Every promise that you have given that is free to them is produced in them who have a sound mind because of love and the power of God. Every promise that has been produced from love and from that power is provided for them by Jesus Christ. And that is yes and so be it. Stand with me today and let's raise our hands. Let's cross over into the spiritual world. Very quietly, I want you to begin to speak. Join the heavenly conversation. Talk to Him. Talk to Him in the Spirit. Release yourself to do so. 
Allow the spirit man to come up out of you. Allow the power that has been generated in you by love to have a mind that would hear the spirit of God to speak to you. Speak to him as if you were speaking to God right now. And listen to what the spirit of God is saying to you. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Listen today. Listen. While the music plays softly, just release yourself. Release yourself. What is the Spirit of God saying in your heart? What is He speaking into that sound mind now? You've seen that there is power and there is love. What is He speaking into that sound mind? What is He speaking into your mind that is directed absolutely to meeting your need? What is He saying in your ear that is directed towards meeting your need? I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're talking to him about. That's between you and God. That comes from the power and the love of a sound mind. That's the benefit of salvation. That's the benefit of salvation. When the Holy Spirit is speaking into your ear, a word that is directed for you coming out of the throne room of God, coming from the high priest whose blood and body has covered everything in your life. That safety that is coming to you is saying to you that whatever it is that he is saying, that this is the will of God concerning you and everything is working out for your benefit because you love me and you're the called according to my purpose. Continue to speak to him. Continue to release yourself to him. Continue to release yourself and then listen. What is he saying to you? What is he saying in your spirit? What is he saying to you today? What is he saying to you? Last week someone said to me that they heard the Spirit of God say to them that they were mighty and they were powerful in the Spirit. What a great message. Glory to God. What a great message. What is he saying to you in the Spirit today? What is he ministering to you in the Spirit of God today? What is he saying? How is he ministering to meet your need that Paul said he would supply according to his riches? His riches, my friend, are found by you in his power, love, and of a sound mind. They're released to you today. They belong to you today. It is God's desire to freely give you things that I have not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Do you love Him? Then listen, He is speaking today. He is speaking. He is speaking healing into your life. He is speaking a word that meets your need today. What is He speaking? Now, as He speaks today, whatever it is He speaks. I walked in yesterday morning. My mother was sitting there smiling beautifully. I said, Mom, how are you? She said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I said, what did the Holy Spirit say? She said, the Holy Spirit said that I'm healed and whole because of my faith. See, when you seek Him, He will speak. He will speak. He will speak and He will minister. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Now, I'm going to close this session by saying this to you. Whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, then you release that into the air and you begin to operate under that released anointing, under that released revelation, under that absolute release of the love of God and the power of God. You take that and use your mind to be disciplined to that revelation. Expect it. Expecting great things from God will allow you to do great things for God because God 
is a great God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you, Jesus. Now you have your personal revelation right now from what the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? The Holy Ghost knows you. He knows your needs. He knows directly where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows how you feel. He knows everything about you. You know why? Because Hebrews 4 said that you have a high priest. You have a high priest who's made you safe. Why? Because he can be touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Your places where you may not be so strong. And whenever you go to that place of safety, you'll have walked into the throne room of God and there you'll find what? Grace and mercy. To do what? To meet your need. Grace and mercy to be a helper in your time of need. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Father, we thank you for those that are watching us today by YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, and Mike Springston FFC Podcast. Listen, this thing is a spiritual walk. If you want to walk in the Spirit, you will get out of the spirit of fear. All of those evil and demonic things, don't give place to them. Walk in the spirit of power. That's what God has given you. Walk in the spirit of love. That's what God has produced in you. And walk in a disciplined, sound mind. Become disciplined to the love of God and to the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't know Him today, we want you to know Him. We want you to, having heard the Word, having sensed the Spirit of God ministering on the inside of you, you know that the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray this prayer. And when you are led to pray this prayer, and you pray it, He will accept you into the throne room of God. He will minister to you the plan of salvation by saving you. You will have the benefit of healing from your sin, the benefit of preservation in your spirit, the benefit of being delivered from all of the anger of the region of hell, the safety that came with the blood of the high priest, and then the Lordship, the man in the Godhead to lead you, guide you, and direct you. Simply pray this prayer. Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I repent. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I will make Him Lord of my life. And I will walk and live in the Spirit of truth. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you is my prayer. Get in the Word of God. Get in a church. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Lift in My Radio, or on the podcast. And we will show you and teach you the way in to life in spirit and life in truth. May God bless you is my prayer. Father, I pray that you'll bless everyone under the sound of my voice today with peace, safety, and great grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. God bless you. I'll see you at 6 o'clock.